This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Yeah, we made it. You just talk. If they hate it, you know they're watching. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Enjoy the show. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios. Here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Lights, camera, action. Hello, world. Welcome into Moneyline. On a beautiful Sunday morning, we are in studio and we are ready to make some dollars. My partner in grind, the statistician at Josh Jordan 97.5 is where you can find him on Twitter. Josh Jordan. What's going on, Jerry? Another Sunday back in studio. Hey, man, it was pretty fun with the remote last week, but it's, it's good to be back home again as well. We're back in studio. Last week was fantastic. I hope everyone that made it out to Brewings, hey, we had a great time, and we will continue to do that for every Houston home game. We were out, we'll be out at a different Brewings next week. It will be in Baytown, I believe. I believe we'll get so. Get you out the address exactly for to get out there if you want to come see us. 713-780-3776. Behind the glass at Carlson Radio is where you can find them. Andrew! It's so good to see you guys' faces again. I missed you after last week. I know, right? It was a little different. It was cool to do a remote, though. We've done a couple of those now, but really nice of Brewings to have us. Had a really good turnout, man. We filled up that whole side of the bar. So thanks for everybody for coming out. And hey, check us out next week. Like we said, I believe we'll be at the one in Baytown. Again, the phone lines are open, 713-780-3776. If you have anything you want to get off your chest, any bad beats from last week, any fantasy questions, well, the lines are open just for that. At Moneyline975 is where you can hit us on Twitter, or you can text us at that same number, 713-780-ESPN, and we'll be sure to get to any stardom, sit questions, anything you have as far as gambling, because there's a lot of spots to make some money this week. Yeah, I've... I've already got quite a few bets down. I need to catch up a little bit. The U of H game got me the other night. I bet it got a lot of people. That was one of those ones where it seems like they had it locked up pretty early, right? And I was already celebrating my win when it was they were up by like three touchdowns. And, oh, boy, that, that certainly changed pretty quick, didn't it? Not every loss is uh, created equally, let's say, right? And you leave that game with the taste in your mouth that it was the correct bet, even – with a money line bet, you said you had. Yeah, I had I had a, a small little money line bet because I liked it so much, but it was double my money. So I was like, why not take a swing at the money line? And then I also got them at plus four and a half. So I don't know if that's a great strategy or not, but I thought I'd give it a try. It certainly bit me in the ass. I could say the same for me as on Friday night Utah. Uh, I don't. I've never seen so many penalties. I mean, <laughs> it was one penalty after another. Anytime it was a positive play, it would be a hold. Finally got something going, got inside the three-yard line, fumble. You know what I mean? Everything. It's just one of those games. Yeah. Sometimes you know you had the right bet. Even in, even after all the things that happened, I still had a chance to take that game to overtime at the end and, and, and tried to cover the bet. So that goes to tell you, hey, I was on the right side. Things didn't play my way. But that's why they call it gambling. Right. Not winning. <laughs> so we just try to gamble and put you on the winning side as much as possible. Speaking of that, during this show, next segment – 
I'll give out two soccer bets, two big bets that are be going off. I know it's a football Sunday, but it's a pre-party. Let's give you a little pre-party. Go ahead and start the charcoal up. Get the barbecue pit going, and we're going to put some meat on there. By noon, you're going to have some new money, and you're going to start betting a little bit more going into the football slate because I have a few spots that we're going to hammer. Nice. We need to get in on that. I need to replenish my account a little bit. Hopefully with some of the stuff I got going today, that'll bounce back for me. Hey, big game for the Texans coming up today. I have, you know, I have a little bit. I placed a wager on this one. I won't say what it is yet. We'll get to that later in the show. Just a quick thoughts. Texans heading to L.A. to play the Chargers. Tough game. They struggle against big time quarterbacks. You know, big time Philly style. He's a pretty good, pretty good quarterback. Just kind of first impressions. You think, you think they got a shot here? Man, I'm going out there. Texans are winning this Texans game. Straight Texans straight up. Texans are winning this game. Now, I, I do understand the theory where we always say the Texans against these big quarterbacks, but it seems like it's more the ones that could spread them out, you know, like an Aaron Rodgers when he came here. And, and, and I don't see Rivers just being exactly that. And whenever you talk about injuries, you talk about cluster of them for the Chargers at every level, starting when, when at the defensive back. They lost their best offensive lineman. They don't even have the running back. You know, they're tight end. That many injuries, you got Houston getting three in a game that I believe gets decided by three either way. I like Houston plus the points this week. Man, that's interesting. I, I would love to take them. And if if I got the team that showed up week one, I'd feel a whole lot better about it. It looks like they really regressed last week, at least the offense. Man, that was a tough watch. And Bill O'Brien, Mr. Clock Management again, came out to bite you in the ass before halftime when he decided not to call a timeout there and they had to settle for the field goal. I think what worries me a little bit here is the Texans always struggle with pass-catching running backs. I think Austin Eckler is going to have a big game against the Texans. They, I mean, that, that kills him every time. And you saw how many times they threw the ball to Leonard Fournette last week. You don't even think of him as that type of back, but they know that's a huge weakness for the Texans. So I expect Austin Eckler to get going big time today. I love him in fantasy, love him in daily as well, but th- that worries me a little bit. I think he's going to get going. Keenan Allen... I think he's going to take advantage of the secondary. I think there's going to be a lot of points. Since September 30th, 2018, the Texans have been a dog five times. 4-0-1 against the spread. 4-0-1 against the spread the last five games as a dog going back to September 30th of last year. It's going to be a close game. I, I, can, see, I can see both angles. I can see both, what, both sides, but personally me, I like the Texans here. Not that it's a, one of my prime plays or anything, but it's the first game we're going to touch. And I know being here in, in the city, you, you're probably wondering out there, should I touch the Texans? I think uh, obviously even more confident in the teaser if you take seven points or six and a half, get it up to nine and a half, ten range. I like that a lot as well because I don't think that I try to compare if how do I how, how do the Texans lose this by double digits? And I didn't think that they would lose by double digits going into New Orleans. You know what I mean? That's with the teaser. Yeah. So using that theory, uh, I think the nine and a half, ten points is golden as well. That's interesting. It, winning outright is what scares me. I wouldn't be surprised if they covered here. You know, I, that, that wouldn't surprise me. I, I think it'll be kind of back and forth between Deshaun and Phil. They've just – it seems like – Coaching is the big thing, or I don't want to just keep killing a Bill O'Brien here, but it, it, it felt like it in the Saints game. I said it before the game. I was like, they feel like they're pretty even teams, right? They have good offenses, you know, pretty good defenses, you know, 
the Saints had some injuries, but you know, just bear with me. That you know, I felt like they're pretty evenly matched, but I felt like the coaching nod clearly went to Sean Payton. I mean, this guy's won Super Bowls. You know what I mean? He's considered one of the best coaches in the league. Where Bill O'Brien's probably mediocre. We'll say that. You know, maybe around sixteen, seventeen, something like that. So I felt like that might be the edge, and sure enough, you know, I, I feel like that's kind of what helped the Saints win that game. So. In this circumstance, I feel like it's probably pretty evenly matched, the coaching for the Chargers and the Texans. You know, you're not, it's not Bill Belichick or Sean Payton or Andy Reid. So maybe that'll give them a chance to pull it off. But I'm just kind of the point where they, they got to go do it. They got to go on the road and beat a big time quarterback before I'm going to believe that they're going to do it. So hopefully they do that today because things are going to be a lot more fun to talk about going into next week. If the Texans come home beating the Chargers, that'd be huge. I mean, this is a game nobody really thought they were going to win when you first looked at the schedule. Now, let's talk from a fantasy standpoint and see how you attack this. We know that the Chargers quarterback points, their 16th running back points. They average 42 running back points a game. That's number one in the league. Number one in the league because we know that they use the running back, uh, the catch pad, you know what I mean, the pass catching. And that's going to be where Eckler's going to eat today. Can the Texans limit that? Because the Texans haven't been so bad. 11th overall at fantasy points given up to the running back position. Who, who, where does it give way? Who ends up getting the best out of who here? You think that Eckler is going to be because in yeah. the DFS world, people got him as a top three back this week. They should. Just think of what Kamara did to the Texans in week one. Whenever they wanted it with him, when they were coming back in that game, they were going to Kamara, and he was ripping them apart on the ground and on little swing passes. I think you're going to see that exact same thing with Austin Eckler today. I think Phil Rivers is going to see what Drew Brees did and how he attacked the defense, and I think he's going to try and do the exact same thing. How about Keenan Allen? That's another name that's popping up on everyone's list this week, and I've got it plugged into all my DFS lineups, you should. to be honest, because I think he's going to go off. He is. I mean, think about it. The Texans cut Aaron Colvin. He was their slot starting corner. They cut him. So now they're rolling with, with backups, essentially, and Keenan Allen plays in the slot a lot. Even though he's a number one, he plays inside. They're going to take advantage of that. He's going to have a big game. 25 targets through the first two games. Keenan Allen, 25. Get that in your mind. Yeah. 20. If you have that. It's insane, and considered to where he was drafted at because all the big-name receivers were gone, DeAndre Hopkins, Adams, uh, Michael Thomas, Julio, uh, even Schuster was going up there. And where was Allen fitting in all this? Because let's say whenever it starts uh, the fantasy draft, you got your, your, your bunch of running backs. Then you, you, you untap the first tier of wide receivers, and then those guys that got running backs the first time they usually come back with a big time. So then where did Keenan Allen fall? Because if he keeps playing at this rate and getting this kind of targets, he's going to end up as a top three receiver. He is. And that's why he was kind of at the top of tier two, like you're talking about. But that's because of injuries, right? You know, if you were confident he was going to play the whole season, he'd be in tier one. But he seems to get banged up every year. You're right. And it's funny you say that because he was limited in even up till Thursday. Yeah. Now you ask. Is it something that they get used to because, going to your theory, it's something they do see all the time, so it's kind of like managing him because they know how he is. Probably. So they take that approach to it. But, yeah, it's kind of scary whenever you – we always say you can't win the draft with your first draft pick or your second draft pick, but you can lose you it. You can lose it. And if you have your Keenan Allen that's only going to give you, say, 11 games or something, then that is something to be worried about. Well, I mean, look it. The people that drafted Antonio Brown, how do you think they're feeling about that? Second, maybe third round pick. Not great. I know a league I got Joe Mixon, I'm feeling really terrible about that pick. And, man, we're just going into week three. I mean, how quickly these things change. 
And there's a lot of injuries. I mean, we haven't even fully gotten into all the Drew Brees out and what to do with the Saints offense, you know, what to do with the Steelers with Big Ben out. You were telling me you have a bet on the Steelers game that we'll get to a little later in the show. But we need to get to all these injuries. One of the big ones for me, and I'll I'll go ahead and give this to everybody because you want to be the first one to get to your waiver wire, Rex Burkhead. Go pick him up and start him this week against the Jets. Somebody's having a baby. Yes. And remember, we talked about it last week that James White might be inactive because of this. But it turns out it's this week. So, and Sony Michelle, I don't think he's had uh, caused one missed tackle the entire season. He's not running very well, and he doesn't catch the ball. Never. So, with James White out, and, and Burkhead's been involved, even with these other two, he's been catching balls and had several targets. I think he has a big game today against the Jets, and he's probably just sitting out there on your waiver wire. The line is open, 713-780-3776. Go ahead and hit us up. If you got to start him, send him a question. We're doing it all show long. Quick programming note, we are out of here 30 minutes early. So we'll be out of here at about 1130 because there's somebody going on. Some Cowboys are going to play today, and they're playing early. So we got to get out of the way. They say it's America's team. We're America's team, though, inside studio. The squad is here, and we're going to have some fun. You're listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. That's the spot. At Moneyline 97.5 is the jam on Twitter. The squad is in the building at Carlson Radio, at Josh Jordan 97.5, at Jerry Bowe Knows with a Z. And we are going to jump right into these games because, again, programming note, we are out of here at 11.30. The time is running short. I'll drop a bomb in this segment that you're going to hit up over your bookie's head right now. And you're going to have some free money going into football. And then I got another one that kicks off at 11. So stay tuned. The next 45 minutes, two big bets. We're going to make some money. Nice. Let's do it. All right. So let's kind of recap what we just talked about. Jerry likes the the Texans this week. It's not one of his best bets of the week, but he does like the Texans plus the points. You even like a money line. Los Texans to win the game in a tightly contested battle. Give me the Texans in something that goes about 24-20 Texans. All right. Uh, You said both the safeties are out right for the Chargers this week. Is this a week where Will Fuller actually does something or... Is it just too hard to predict how many targets he's going to get now that Kenny Stills is kind of taking that target share away from him? It's funny you say that because a lot of people, the the pro touts that tout as far as giving out lineups, they're on Will Fuller. Really? They say that we know it's coming at one point or another. Yeah. His air yards are there. Air yards is something we dictate because it gives you a, a measure of where the, running, uh, the receiver is when the ball's getting thrown. And if his air yards are there... It just Kenny Stills, and he, he's just that bug, the, the bug you didn't want if if Will Fuller, if you had, or Will Fuller owner. If you had him, you didn't want something else there. But Kenny Stills guys over there thinking the same thing. Like, man, let's go ahead and move Will Fuller out of the picture. It's Stills. Man, that's tough. All right, let's get to the running backs quickly in this game. It feels like last week was a Carlos Hyde game because it was more of a grounded out, pounded out kind of 
you know, game that you typically have against Jacksonville. Seems like Duke Johnson a little more involved in the shootout game against the Saints week one. So what do you think for this game? Is it more like week one where you think it's going to be more Duke Johnson or is this more of a Carlos Hyde type of game? I think they're going to have to mix it up. I think they're going to have to use Duke Johnson because we know the defensive pressure that that line that the Chargers has can bring. So say they are because, yeah, Tunzel's here, but Deshaun still got sacked 10 times. Yeah, and he's banged up. Tunzel, that ankle, I mean, he's been limited all week. So what happens? What's the best remedy for a defense that is overly aggressive and can get through? Okay, let him through. Let's dump it over the top of him, and now we got space. And that's where Duke Johnson's going to have to make a play. See, and that's my deal is I want to see more screens out of this offense. And he's the perfect guy to to get the ball to. We know that pass rush is going to be tough today. Like you said, that's a great thing to do is throw some screens. The, the Chiefs are great at that. I'd love to see more of that in the Texans' offense. That's where the game's going to be predicated today, the, the second level, because we know at the, at, the, at, the, at the line of scrimmage, right, in the trenches, we know what the Chargers are going to bring. But if you can somehow mask your inabilities to keep Watson upright by using that short pass game and keeping those Chargers' defensive ends off balance, Right, because if they're yep. coming in too fast and they're off balance, they're going to know, hey, we got to ease up a little bit, and that's what'll give Watson time. That's what'll enable Willer to get down full uh, field. I I like the Texans again. That three points. I'm not, let's say they don't win. I don't think they lose by more than three points. Take them, uh, take them to win outright a little bit, but the bigger bet on the three points. Let's move on to another game. All right, let's do it. Let's go to Denver and Green Bay. Not exactly the most exciting one on the field, but. Aaron Rodgers feels like he's kind of starting to do something. We're starting to see the old Aaron Rodgers. We're seeing Devontae Adams putting up some big numbers. What do you think about this one? Green Bay at home, favored by a touchdown. Who you got? It's ugly. I This is a teaser special because I do think Green Bay wins this game. Covering is a little bit of a different story. But I don't see how they lose this game. And that's something that I'm going to be bringing them down to minus one on all my teasers. That's my big teaser uh, spot. Everything else I'm going to be interchanging with other teams. But I think Green Bay wins this game for sure, in my opinion. So use them as a teaser. Bring them down to about one point. And then I'll give you the other side of that throughout the show. All right. There you have it. And I think Aaron Jones, it was nice to see him break out last week. So, looks like that Packers offense starting to click, starting to do something. All right, let's move along. This is one of our best bets of the week. I know you like this one. Detroit-Philly. Man, this line went from a touchdown all the way down to four and a half uh, in favor of Philly. What do you think about this one? They're, they're banged up, man. A lot of injuries here for the Eagles. A lot of injuries for the Eagles, not only on the wide receiver group, but also up front. And that's something that has to be talked about because what does – Philly do well up front. They got they got so many guys uh, in the defensive front that they can interchange them. Yep. So once you start losing those guys that put pressure on the opposing quarterback, then it opens up what they're more liable to, which is their defensive backs. And we know what Case Keenum did to them. If that's what the case is, yeah. imagine what happens here for an offense that's top 10 in DVOA and passing, top 6 in pace. You better expect Detroit to come out throwing. I don't see how this open it up. And the smart guys, the, the wiser guys like yourself, Josh, you caught it at six. If you go to some places now, it's at four and a half. Yeah. That's, you lost so much from there. But I think that the Detroit Lions get it outright win this game. 
that's interesting. And remember, Matt Ryan, I know he had three picks last week, but he also threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns. So I could see Stafford putting up some big numbers here. Another one to keep in mind here, Nelson Aguilar. I think he could be big for fantasy today. They don't have anybody. Deshaun Jackson's out. I don't think Alshon Jeffrey's going to play. they got to throw the ball to somebody. I think it's going to be Nelson Aguilar. I think he's a really nice flex play this week. He is. In the DFS world, he's one of the highest owned guys because of what he did last week. And imagine if he doesn't drop the ball. Oh, man, that was the game-winning touchdown. He's gone to the house. Yeah, he cost me some money dropping that ball. All right, so don't (laughs) cost my man money this week. But if Casey... You can't get to Aguilar. Whiteside is another uh, option. And this look like maybe it's going to be an Ertz game because Detroit is suspect to the tight end position. Yeah, no doubt about it. So there's a lot to like about this game. Um, it'll be interesting. I'm, I think Detroit's going to put up some points. So I might be on the over on them as far as like point totals. I was listening to, uh, to RJ and uh, AJ Hoffman the other day, and they're kind of on that too. They, they're, they're thinking Detroit's going to be good. So They've been on fire this year, so if, if they like something, then there's probably a good reason for it. So that looks like a good bet as well. All right, this one may be the best game of the week. Baltimore Ravens, Kansas City Chiefs. What do you think? The hype is real. The, the total open 51 and a half-ish got smashed all the way to 56 right off the top. And that's before we started hearing about the weather implications. It's so easy to go up there and say, man, oh, these guys are playing next week. And you're thinking, that's going to be such a great lineup. Let me get my over. Well, that weather is something else they're talking about. This Now, when we talk about weather, you say, how does it affect you? Some weather you don't worry about. Uh, wind is one of them. Wind is something that's going to affect the way the ball is thrown downfield. Yep. Now, whenever it's raining or a soggy field, let's say not so much the rain's coming down, but the field's soggy. Where where does that, I guess, where does that have the most implications? Because you say in the run game, to me, it affects it more because it's harder to get a push for the lineman, right? There's no traction where I think that you can gain some 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 steps I guess to say is uh, in the, the the wide receiver against a, a cornerback right because yeah. it's harder to get traction it's harder to stop and go and it's easier for a receiver to get to to his spot because he knows where he's going rather right. than to a defensive back in, in 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 a soggy you know in a soggy ground to have to make moves to predicate where you're going if that makes sense right he's reacting he doesn't know which way that guy's going to go where the receiver does know which way he's going to go gives him an edge there now, this, this is interesting for me, too, because what about with LaShawn McCoy? He's going in with this ankle injury, and he, he practiced on Friday, but he's still limping is what the reports are, but it looks like he's going to go. That, a bad ankle worries me on a wet field. And, and just an older guy, a bad yeah. ankle, I can't fire him up. So who do you go to? I, you know, I've ran a, and, and grabbed it. Darwin Thompson in a lot of my leagues. I saw that in your yeah. article <laughs> at yeah. Sports Map. Yes, uh, I do a waiver wire column every Tuesday, guys, on Sports Map. Go check it out. I'll tell you who the best guys are to pick up for that week for your fantasy team, guys you may want to stash for later in the year, and some guys you might want to start. So with Darwin Thompson, I want to make sure Shady's not going to play today. I know he'll probably still have a role, but that's still worrying. And it's the Ravens. It's not exactly the best matchup in the world for a running back. So I'm kind of going to wait and see what happens with that. But let's talk about this one. The spread's down to five points now in favor of the Chiefs. That's what's crazy right there because now you're asking yourself, this is this is a trend that's crazy going into this week. Teams that are 0-2 against the spread that started on the road back-to-back but start their home opener in week three. Yep. And there's a few teams that are in that predicament. Kansas City, yep. 72% losers 
the 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 away team. So people would think, hey, this is their home opener. They're gonna get up. It's actually the opposite, and it's weird because seventy something percent over a thirty five game sample is pretty solid. So be careful yep. on that because there's a few teams, and we're gonna talk about those few teams. Yeah, no, that's a good point. So keep that in mind. I think the the Colts are one of those teams. I think this is their first game at home as well. So I kind of like. Uh, we'll get to that later. But uh, I don't know. We, do we want to do one more game before we go to break here? Let's do this call before we get to break. Again, the lines are open. 713-780-3776. If you got anything fantasy, if you got anything gambling, if you got anything heartbreak from last week and you say, man, I was bad beat. Or if you were on that Texas, uh, yeah, if you were on the Texas side, anything, anything. Because my man today woke up. It's always good whenever you thought you had six and a half, but it was really six. You get the push. I got the push. <laughs> and everything's lovely. Let's go over to the HRMP listener line. We have our guy Duke. He's got a stardom sit him question. You're on Moneyline, Duke. What's going on this morning? Hey, guys, good morning. Good morning. What can we do for you? PPR Flex. I have Tyler Boyd, Terrell Williams, Brandon Cooks, and Jarvis Landry. Who do I start? I think I'd go with Tyler Boyd there. He's he's ranked really high this week. It's between him and Cooks. So I think, you know, Cooks is a little more boom or bust, right? If he gets you that big play, great. I think Boyd's a little safer. I think he's a lot to get more yeah. catches. I'm on you on on Boyd as well. I got Boyd projected right under uh, the Mike Evans and Galladay's of the world. I got him. Man, his ceiling is what's great because he can throw up a thirty point game, and that's what you're playing for today. Hopefully, they're playing from behind. Game script plays to your favor, and he's getting a lot of peppered up with a bunch of targets. Yep. I'll go with him. Thanks. Thanks. Appreciate it, Duke. Yeah, that one's interesting, and uh, there's some defensive plays to keep in mind this week too especially the teams that are playing the miami dolphins you might want to fire up every week so we'll get to that on the other side on maybe how you can win your fantasy league just by picking up a defense that's playing the dolphins it's called streaming streaming defense and we're hope that you're streaming us over at espn 97.5 on the twitch channel you listen to moneyline espn 97.5 is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline. 713-780-3776 at Moneyline 97.5 is where you can find us on Twitter. Man, I'm looking at this Detroit Lions line that you were talking about, plus four and a half over at MyBookie. You still liking it? Not nearly as much. Not nearly as much. What did you get it at? I think six. And that's the thing with my bookie because you don't have to bet it right now. You know what the luxury of having my bookie is? That you can go in and live bet it. Say you missed that six and say that you think, let me try to get it back towards closer to that six, that whole touchdown even. And then say Philadelphia gets the ball and say Philadelphia scores. There goes your six and a half or seven. And you can do that over at my bookie for you guys that aren't familiar with live betting 
It's the game starts, the line moves. Say someone comes out and scores, say the over-under is somewhere a little too high or too low, whatever side you're on, and early points are scored, that line's going to shift. And hopefully it shifts in your favor. And you can get that at MyBookie because there's where you go. You bet, you win, and you get paid at MyBookie.ag. Getting paid is such a big dilemma, and it shouldn't be in sports gambling. Not only is it hard to win, right? And once you finally win, then it's hard to get paid. Not at MyBookie. Not only do they pay, but they give you a double on your first deposit. That's double, up to $1,000. Double on your deposit. So you go ahead and you go on sports, man. You get the bookie buster bets. Yep. You listen to Moneyline. You get the bookie buster bets. You deposit and you get that bonus. So you're playing with house money. Yeah. Well, you're playing with house money. Again, you go to mybookie.ag. Use promo code radio. You get double on your money. You follow the bookie busters and you're well on your way. Once again, promo code radio at mybookie.ag. You win, you get paid. That's it, man. It's that easy. We love my bookie. We love watching games and having the having our phones out because, like Jerry said, you can bet it live. It's a really cool way to do it. I did it with the the Texan Saints game. I kind of waited for that one to get going and waited for the Saints to drive down the field, and then they added a couple more points, and then I fired on the Texans, and and that paid off for me. So it's a cool way to do it. If you feel like the line's just a little too on the nose, and you you don't quite want to bet it, if you live bet it, you might get that point or two in the direction you want then you feel a little better about it. I, I like the way you said that because it's perfect. It, it Maybe the line's a little too sharp, and usually lines are sharp. It, you hear people like RJ always ref- use the phrase, um, it's, it, you have to find the line that, that is wrong. But what if someone goes out and scores a field goal real quick? Yep. Does that make, in the, in the line shifts, did that make the whole game wrong? No, that means that you still get the ball back, but now you have opportunity. It's all about that space and opportunity and taking advantage of those little spots, knowing, hey, if Philly comes out and scores a touchdown, how much should that really shift those four and a half points? Because now you're probably going to get Detroit six, six and a half, because Philly is, you know, say the home team, and whatever the case is, then the numbers moves, and now you get it at what you wanted. But does that opening drive really shift what you think is going to happen in this game? No. Not really. But it really shifts those numbers that everyone's so worried about, minus 110 to minus 130 over a half a point during the whole week. But then in one drive, one drive changes the narrative so much. Think about that. Either which way, though, too, in a positive or in a negative fashion. No doubt. And it works that way in fantasy, too, right? If your guy goes out on the first drive and puts up a touchdown, your projection goes way up for, you know, how Yahoo or ESPN will give you a a projection for your point total, and they'll do it live. And if your guy goes right down the field and scores, then your projection goes up. And it's because the one in the hand's worth two in the bush, right? Those points are on the board. You know, that is a fact. They're not taking those off the board. So you love it in fantasy, too, when, you know, the first drive of the game, you know, Julio Jones gets you a touchdown. Then you know, man, I have a chance to have a huge game here because he's already got me 15 points and the game's only a minute old. Doesn't it feel good whenever you go see your lineups and, and you, you uh, say you're driving or something and you pull up to the house and you're, you've missed about 15, 20 minutes yep. of football and you get on there and it's like 12 points, Julio, and you think, yeah. yes. Yes, yes, yes. And that's what we're trying to do. But, again, 
we that's what we try to do with our under the radar plays though also because everyone's going to be on the Julios of the world everyone's yeah. going to be on the Beckhams but it's taking advantage of these other players and we're going to do that we're going to get into that we're going to get into the flexi we're going to get into the money on my mind picks before we get out of here but let's jump into some more games because we talked about guys going in and out we use that term we use the term projections so what are the projections for a guy that's playing tag going in and out with rookie Daniel Jones taking over for the GOAT and some eyes of New York guys. Yeah. This one's going to be interesting. This is a game where I kind of like to just watch and not put any money. You know what I mean? I just want to see with what I'm dealing You'll with. You'll be doing here. the same thing Eli's going to be doing. Yeah, just sitting there and watching it. I think Eli will be crying a little bit, though. I mean, he's had a good run. You know, he has. And that's why I say people, guys out there thinking, did he just say the GOAT? I'm talking about the GOAT of New York. Like, what As they, for football-wise. They love him. Do, do those two Super Bowl uh, Super Bowls get him in to no. the Hall of Fame? I don't think so because the rest of the sample size is so bad. But especially the way it's ending for him, it's not pretty. So I don't think he gets in. But but who knows? He, he If you're going to win two games in your career, do, do it against Tom Brady in the Super Bowl. That's... That's about as good as it gets. For for today's game, they're playing Tampa. Man, this spreads to five and a half, you know, in favor of Tampa because they're at home. Daniel Jones on the road. I think he at least gets Sterling Shepard back this week, which is big. I believe he's been in the concussion protocol. He needs some weapons to throw to. Golden Tate's still suspended. So, I don't know. This is an interesting one. I mean, talk about an ugly game. I, I mean, ugh, whenever Tampa's playing, I don't really want to watch that. The only thing about this game to me that's kind of interesting is if, how Daniel Jones plays. What do you think about this one? Do you have any any leans or bets on this one? Tampa Bay's defense has been quietly good. Todd yes. Bowles has them playing. Yes. Now, if Jameis Winston can quit throwing to the opposite team, mm-hmm. today he's got to talk to him. He's going to say, all right, Jameis, this is what you're going to do. Put down those crab legs. Let me talk to you. <laughs> Quit throwing the ball to the opposite team. Today, we're wearing these jerseys, not the blues, okay? Because we need Mike Evans to show up. If you're out there, because I'm in your predicament, I have Devontae Adams and Mike Evans in one league, and I keep losing, but I have everyone else showing up, and I'm only getting 16 points combined between those guys. And I'm thinking, fire cell, let's blow this whole thing up. But then I think back and I say, as soon as they start going off like they should, positive regression, Yep. then I'm all right. And but, the Giants are terrible on defense. Like, this should be the game for Mike Evans if he's ever going to break out. This is the game for Winston. This is the game for Mike Evans. This is the Godwin game. This isn't even an O.J. Howard game. No. This is the game they open it up. The, the, the Giants are bottom five in both points allowed to tight ends and wide receivers. This is the game that you see finally Tampa Bay open it up, and they're going to throw it downfield. I think you're right. Let's move on here. Carolina, Arizona, no Cam Newton in this one. I liked what I saw from the Arizona offense last week. They didn't quite have enough to get it done, but you know they were moving the ball pretty well. Only two-point favorites here at home against you know a Carolina team without Cam Newton. There's a lot of discussion about this game right like how much does cam newton really mean to carolina and how many points is he worth and all that kind of stuff well he hadn't been playing very well one and nine in the last 10 Ugh. so what makes me worried is guys like dj moore you know he's been very active these first two games of the season right around 80 90 yards and about eight or nine catches in each game and in ppr that's pretty damn solid but i wonder what his drop-off will be some people think he'll be fine because cam just hasn't been that good 
What do you expect in the Carolina offense outside of Christian McCaffrey? Because you know you're starting him. I love what you say about Moore. People don't realize that he's quietly third in the NFL in targets. 24. Yeah. We talked about Keenan Allen having those. He's right behind Keenan Allen. DJ Moore. Now, a lot of people are going to overreact. We talked about Daniel Jones and Eli Manning. That spread didn't move at all. (laughs) Not any. Not one half a point. Now, a little juice was added, Mm -hmm. but nothing. That, I think, is more from the reaction of what the public perceives this to be. Now, what is the public going to perceive this to be? Like, oh, my God, Cam is gone. But the Cam that you were getting, the one that was overthrowing people and badly, how much of a drop-off is it to uh, 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 this uh, Allen? Kyler Murray, is that who it is? Kyle Allen. Kyle Allen. Uh, How how much of a drop-off is it to Kyle Allen? I don't think it's that much of a drop-off. you got two offenses that move the ball here. Kyle Allen's going to have plenty of opportunity. He's going up against a team that struggles holding tight ends, so look for Olsen to have a moment. Look for DJ Moore to get his. But people, hey, Kyle Allen, 4000 in the DFS world. 4000 Check that out. You telling me he doesn't pay off that tag? That allows you because this is a week where you want to stack uh, those those real expensive running backs, the Zeke Elliotts of the world, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, you, you got a you got a couple of big running backs in there that you want to stack, and this will allow you to throwing in a four thousand price tag quarterback. That's how you get there. Gotcha. And I did want to get to Kyler Murray. What do you expect from the Arizona side? Man, they look good last week. Larry Fitzgerald looks like a newborn man. Christian Kirk starting to do something. I'm kind of starting to get excited about this offense. They they spread it out and they throw the ball. And man, Kyler's pretty good, man. He he looks accurate. So I think this is is there a total play on this one? Only about forty about forty five now. It moved from forty three and a half to forty five. You expect points in this one? It's a short show, and we might I might not even have money in my mind to be honest. So I'm gonna drop it now. We're gonna drop them as we go. This is a quiet, quiet over game. Why? Yeah. Because you have pace. Now, if the Cardinals can figure out how to play red zone offense, because everything in between is fast, it's pretty. They're running no huddle at a rate that no one's ever seen. They're doing what they said they were. They're running four wide receiver sets like no one's ever seen, right? But then once they get inside the 20, they're settling for field goals inside the 10? That makes no sense. That will get fixed. I guarantee you that's been the focus of their coaching staff. So you ask yourself, who has Kyler Murray been? 300-yard guy, both back-to-back games. So who is he going to be in this game in a a game that the Cardinals go fast? The the Panthers move real fast. They're top five in pace. This game sees points. Uh, Hit the, the over in this game. Hit this game from a fantasy standpoint, from a defense standpoint. Hit them, double stack it. So do Kyler Murray. Go ahead and, and think that it's going to be David Johnson from the first week. Let's think about David Johnson from the first week that lined up as receiver multiple times. That had more air yards in one week than he had all last season. David Johnson. They're lining him up further down the field rather than throwing them the ball down in the backfield and let them get tackled. Look for points in this matchup. You agree or not? No, I do. I think there are going to be some points in this one. And I, I think the over is a pretty sneaky good play. A lot of people just want to stay away. This one's a little ugly. On the other side, I really want to get to this Saints-Seattle Seahawks game because there's a lot to unpack here with no Drew Brees. You know, what are they going to do at quarterback? Are they going to use two? So we need to talk about that next. When we get back, we'll talk about Teddy Ditchwater and the Saints. You listen to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5.
Boston hard hitter, all about the Skrilla, riding some candy coated, crawling like a caterpillar. I'm tipping on them foes, I'm jamming on this group. I'm looking for them, baby, what it do? You're listening to Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Welcome back to Moneyline 713-780-3776. And it's a shame that we don't have the over already. Liverpool is up 1-0. But what's not a shame is I'm about to drop this big German bomb on your bookie's head right before football kicks off. Kickoff in 11 minutes. Go to Germany, Dortmund, Frankfurt. Not much to say. Give me the over in a game that I see plenty of goals. Dortmund, Frankfurt, over three in German soccer. Game starts in 11 minutes. Let's start off on the right foot. Nice. I already got in on that one, so hopefully I'll have a little money in my pocket for when we bet these afternoon games. Boy, we have more games to get to here, man. I got a couple questions from Twitter real quick. Yeah, what do we got? Standard League flex play, Marquise Brown or Frank the Tank? And I even had to ask, who's Frank? Frankie Gore. I didn't know people were still using uh, nicknames for him, but well-deserved. No doubt. And I like Frank Gore a lot this week. If you need some help in your flex spot, don't be afraid to use him. And in some leagues, I'd use him over even struggling guys like Joe Mixon. Like, he's been killing people's fantasy teams. So... I would go with either Frank Gore or Rex Burkhead over him. But as far as this particular question, how do you not start Hollywood Brown? What The way he started off and just dropping bombs all over the field. I mean, this guy's caught like a 70-yard touchdown, it seems like, every week. He's a different type of weapon. Yeah. And once they realize how to use him, get him in open space, because that's where he makes his move. These short catches, open space. That's what I think we'll see today in that game. That's that's the type of receiver that's going to make get their points in that game. That's why the Miko Hardmans of the world, yeah. those are the guys that are going to eat. I got another question for you here from Twitter. Our man Joshua says, hey, guys, I need one flex. Philip Lindsay, LaShawn McCoy, Peyton Barber, or Tariq Cohen? Man, that's. I think it's probably – did he give us a, a format, PPR or no? No format. Okay. And everyone listening out there, please, if you have questions, make sure that you let us know PPR or not because that's all the world of difference. No doubt about it. I want to see if LaShawn McCoy is going to play because if he's good to go, being the number one running back in that high-powered offense, I think you got to roll that way. But he does have that ankle, and the the weather's not good. It's going to be a little slippery out there. It'll be interesting to see if if Andy Reid wants to risk him. But if he's the guy, because remember, Damian Williams is out. So – I don't know how many you know touches you know Darwin gets, but I think if it's McCoy mostly handling that backfield, he's going to have a big day. Now, it's great that you asked if it's PPR or not, because if it's PPR, I like Lindsey because the way that the Packers' defense plays now, they allow these catches. It's, it's funny because it's, it's a copycat league, the NFL, right? And a lot of people are realizing that if you play a zone defense or, and, you, and you have fast defense, uh, guys, defensive backs and linebackers that can collapse, they'll give up the underneath catches yep. and allow you to catch that, and then they'll collapse and make the tackle if you got good open field tacklers. And that's what you get with Green Bay. Expect Philip Lindsay to, to, in a game that they'll play from behind, I think that they'll need help to dump it off to him. And if it's a PPR, I would like Lindsay some. There you have it. We teased uh, what the Saints are going to do before the break, so let's get into that a little bit. 
what do you expect with this Saints offense? How much are they going to use Bridgewater? Are they? It feel it felt like that. Sean Payton didn't really commit to him. Well, they've more recently announced it is going to be more Bridgewater, but I still don't know what that means. Uh, does Seattle know what it means, though? Is there enough game film to, to say, hey, yeah, this is the way they're going to run it? Because I think that even if Bridgewater is in there, you're going to see a lot of Hill at certain spots, especially in the red zone. Yeah, and that's that's what worries me, right, with Taysom Hill is if I'm the Bridgewater owner, it concerns me more about Taysom Hill coming in in the red zone and, and vulturing your points more than with Drew Brees, right? Because you feel like Brees is going to pretty much get his every week in a normal situation, but you don't know what you're getting with Bridgewater. So if, if he's just meh and then he's getting pulled off the field when they're around the red zone, he could give you a big nothing this week. That worries me. I'm still okay with Michael Thomas. I still have him around my top 10 receivers this week. Do you feel okay with Michael Thomas going forward until Breeze comes back? I can't take him off completely off the map, but he does scare me a little bit. Something yeah. we did see last week was Jared Cook getting some. Uh, right. He was getting a lot of looks. I believe seven or eight targets last week. Which makes sense. You know, a quarterback that hadn't played in a while throwing to his tight end makes a lot of sense. You know, Kamara had a pretty down game last week. He hurt me in a lot of leagues. Do we downgrade him a little bit with with no Drew Brees, or do we go the other way where maybe the Saints are going to run and lean on the run game a little bit more? It's a good question, but I think that you got to trust Kamara here, especially if you're a new quarterback, saying from that aspect, that's your safety valve. Yeah, it it is, and you saw what he did to the Texans in week one. He's He's just a great player. There's no way around it. They're going to use him. Let's look at the other side of the ball. Seattle, they're at home here, four-and-a-half-point favorite. They've looked good. They went in and whooped up on your Steelers last week. You couldn't have liked Thanks that Thanks for very reminding much. me. I know, I know. So I know you saw it up close and personal. Man, this DK Metcalf, he might be the real deal. But we that was the talk going into last week. Like, okay, he is the real deal. It looks like he's going to be. But then now we saw Lockett finally get here. Yeah. Finally, we saw him get his a career high, I believe, in targets. Correct. So keeping that in mind, is this what we're going to get again? Because we know where you attack the Saints. You do, and I'm in a predicament where I have both guys on one team. Ooh. So, yeah, so I, I feel like Lockett is a, a must start right now. But, you know, Metcalf's not far behind. To me, that's tricky, like these flex questions this week, like Nelson Aguilar or Mikael Hardman or Mikko, uh, what, uh, uh, what about – uh, the, the other Kansas City Chiefs receiver. I mean, there are so many good flex options this week. DK Metcalf being one of those guys, he's right in the mix with the Chiefs guys. He's right in the mix with Nelson Aguilar. There's some good options at receiver this week if, if you have some trouble with some flex options. So as far as the, the running game for the Saints, or uh, for the Seahawks, excuse me, man, Chris Carson's going to have to go off, right? No penny this week. No penny this week. Expect Carson to go off, but the Saints' run defense isn't, isn't what scares me, or or, or what something I want to be attacking. In other words, sure. I think you got to attack the slot. We know that you got to attack PJ Williams. Yeah, that's that, true. That's where you got to attack him. I think that the Seattle Seahawks have started off slow this year, though. In the first halves, in the first quarters, is this going to be somewhat of a slow start as they have to see what New Orleans throws at them because it's going to be a different type of offense? Like, who knows? Uh, the run pass ratio. Who knows what happens inside the red zone whenever they got it? The breeze is off the field because if whenever it takes, you got to be real sure to take breeze off the field for a play call inside the red zone. But they got that much confidence when they put Taysom Hill in. So 
now that Breeze isn't there and, and they already had that confidence, how much confidence does it take away from Bridgewater? Because they're like, hey, we trust Hill in this situation. So going to what you said, it limits the ceiling on, on Bridgewater. It caps off what he can do because you know they trust Hill. They have to trust Hill. If When Breeze is in, if you're taking out Drew Breeze in a red zone situation, that means that you really, really trust Hill. And if Bridgewater's in there now, what happens if you already really, really trusted Hill? He's yeah. going to come in there. He's kind. Of, he's a sneaky guy because you could see him throwing up like a week, two touchdowns out of nowhere. Yes. And, you know, quarterback, a lot of that's getting in rhythm, right? And if you're constantly getting pulled off the field, it might be kind of hard to stay in rhythm. And, you know, for Bridgewater, he just hadn't played that much. That could be bad for him. So I kind of think that Seahawks going to roll here. It would not surprise me at all if they cover the four and a half. Do you have a lean on that one? If I was going to go somewhere, I'd go Seattle. If you're thinking that it may be too big, Go to my bookie, live bet it, because I think as the game goes on and Seattle gets a feel for what they're doing, Seattle's going to eventually open it up. We know that the run game will be there. They were the heaviest run team in the NFC last season. Expect that some more. Expect Chris Carson to go off. Before we get out of here, we talked about that second guy in Kansas City. Who do you think right now, if this was a betting show and we talked about betting every single Sunday from 10 to noon, who would you have as more points? Hardman or Demarcus, Demarcus Robinson? Robinson? I'm probably leading towards Hardman, but, man, it's close. I like both of them. I he really likes do. both of them, and I hope you like us. For the next 30 minutes, we're going to rock it. Moneyline ESPN 97.5. When I take back, I recall a man off the family tree. My right hand, Papa Jack, I see. Took me from a boy to a man. So I- ESPN 97. 